Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Mercy, 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 people. What just happened in here? If I have not met you yet, my name is Terry, and I'm married to Chris, who just sang that song, and he's the pastor here, and I'm married to him. Yay! I win at life! I win, I win, I win. Oh my goodness, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with our story, early on, when we were dating and almost getting ready to get engaged, Chris sat me down and was like, babe, you gotta know, if you marry me, I'm always gonna be in a rock band, and I'm never going to be a pastor, ever. <laughs> and I was sad at that news, but I knew that he was my very best friend, and I knew that he was obedient to whatever he felt like God was directing him to do. He was at Central Bible College, a school that is literally only for pastors, like literally And because God directed him to be there, but, um, and so I was like, you know what, I can marry this guy because he puts Jesus first, and whatever, however the Lord leads him, he says yes. And so, I just want to say publicly, I am so thankful that he is my husband, that he is the leader of our home, the dad to my kids, and you guys are lucky ducks because he's your pastor, and he is a good and fearless leader. And he's not afraid to do gutsy, scary things when Jesus says go. So, yay, babe. Good job. Okay. Got to shake all that. Okay. So today we're talking about hope. Say that with me. Hope. Hope. All right. You got to have a hope. So we're talking about hope. And we're going to be looking at a story in the Bible that you may be familiar with. We're going to be looking at the story of the Samaritan woman, sometimes called the woman at the well. And the story is about Jesus, and it's found in John chapter 4. Okay, so if you're in your Bible or on your phone, we're going to be in John chapter 4. But there's a couple things that you need to know about the, the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. What makes this story significant? And there's a couple things I want you to just have some background on. First, what's the deal with Samaritans? Why does that matter? Who cares? Well, let me tell you. I'm glad you asked why, so why it matters uh, about Samaritans. They actually, Samaritans and Jews did not get along at all. Okay, the Jewish people believed that the Samaritans were half-bloods because they had intermarried with uh, the Assyrians when the Assyrians had taken over, and they just hated them. And um, just some history, about the time that Jesus was born, um, the Samaritans came in, and in, in Jerusalem, they went in the temple, and they filled the temple with dead bones, And it would be the equivalent of, like, burning a church down in current day. Like, it was just a horrible, vandalous thing to do. And some Jewish people, in retaliation, then went and burned down some villages in Samaria. So there was no love loss um, between Jews and Samaritans. And so when you were traveling, if you were a good Jewish person, you would typically travel around Samaria and take the longer route and take, add some, a couple days to your journey because you just didn't want to go there. 
Um, Samaritans were also known to har- harass uh, Jewish travelers as they would come through. So there was just no real love loss. And Jesus is with his disciples, and they are going to go through Samaria. So we get Jesus and his disciples to Samaria, and the, Jesus sends his disciples to go buy lunch, and he is resting by the well. Okay, and that's the setting of our story. Now, there's some significant things you need to know about the well. What is significant about the well? Well, cool thing, the well was a happening, fun place to be, okay? Because in the evenings, right, the young ladies would go and they would get their buckets and they would go to the well and they would draw water and it was celebratory and it was like a lot of fun and okay so like when I was in high school I was lived in Hayworth a small little town there wasn't a lot to do so at the end of the evening you do your homework and then you'd be like we're gonna go cruising anybody ever go cruising because <laughs> you know who's, who's gonna see who's out let's see what's happening around town and it's so silly, just drive around the same block over and over, and like, oh, where is he? And he's not in that car. So anyway, sorry. He, he wasn't the one, so it didn't matter. <laughs> but so, like, you would come out, and the women, the girls would get, young maidens would get the, get the water, and the young men would just happen along to the well, because it's a party, and we're going to, like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe do a little flirting, because daddy stays home, and he lets the girls come out and get the water. There's also some uh, significance as far as in the Bible, like the history. Um, at the well, people got engaged. Like this is just like a thing. So in the Bible, like in our, um, in the Old Testament, Isaac and Rebecca, uh, you know, founding uh, of the Jewish faith, their relationship began at a well. Jacob and Rachel, Moses met his wife at the well. And so the well kind of has this, this party atmosphere, this mixer atmosphere, and it's also like has a little bit of undertones of like, you're going to get hitched if you meet up at the well, okay? So here's Jesus. He is tired. He has been traveling. He's sweaty and hot, and he sits down by the well, And it's about noontime, and here comes the Samaritan woman in our story. But what's odd is that she's there at noon, because the party's happening at the well in the evening, and in the noontime, it's the hottest part of the day, and you're going to have to carry those buckets of water that are heavy, and you're going to sweat more, yuck, but she's coming at noon, and that's weird. And why is that? Like, why, why in the world would she be doing this? Well, let me tell you, this woman had run out of hope. She was there at noon because she didn't want anything to do with the happy people. She didn't want anything to do with the mixers because life had been difficult. It was full of disappointments. She was walking through some broken stuff. And so she went to the well when she wouldn't have to see any of the happy people because she just couldn't take it anymore. So Jesus sees her, and he says to her, he's like, would you give me a drink of water? And she is like so taken aback that he has starting a conversation with her. And she says to him, why are you talking to me? Why are you asking me for a drink of water? 
Because you are a Jewish man, and I am a Samaritan woman. Like, this does not happen. You're a weirdo, okay? It's like, like no, like, what is happening? And, and he is a little playful with her and kind to her. And he says to her, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me for water. And I would give you living water. And she's like, what? She's, she's like, what are you talking about? You would give me water. Like, you don't even have, why would I ask you for water? You don't even have a bucket. You don't have a rope. You're not prepared for this. She's just like, what are you talking about? And Jesus replied to her, and this is the verse I want to put up and I want to focus in on. Jesus said to her, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I love that, 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 that imagery. It's a fresh, bubbling spring within them. That's hope, people. That fresh, bubbling spring within us, that is hope. I tell you what, I remember when I was a hot, broken mess, and I came back to church after years and years, and I came back to Jesus, and he restored my joy, and that, that spring rose up within me, and it just filled my life. There was still garbage going on, but that spring of hope was there. Anybody ever have that happen? Yeah. Okay, you're here. You're with me. Fresh, bubbling spring of hope. Yes. So her response is, okay, yeah, I want some of this water. Give it to me so I don't ever have to come back to this well again. Like, right? She's like, she's all about being isolated. I don't even have to come back to the well anymore. Give me this water. And so this is where Jesus is going to, like, get in her business a little bit, and he's going to blow her mind, okay? And his response to her is, he says, okay, go and get your husband. And she, she says, I don't, I don't have a husband. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you've said that right. And he tells her, he says, you've actually had five husbands, and the man that you're living with now is not your husband. And I want to stop here because she gets, this woman kind of gets a bad rap. It's like, wow, she was just, she didn't have morals. She was a bad girl of the, I've seen her on a list of bad girl of the Bibles. And I'm like, what? Bad girl, anyway. <laughs> but let's, let's look at her situation. So in ancient times, the men were the ones who could file for divorce. And so probably it is very likely that she was barren and wasn't able to have children, and so man after man married her, hoping to have an heir, and it didn't happen, and he divorced her. Or she was widowed. So can you imagine being rejected not just one or twice, or having become, becoming a widow not just once or twice, but five times she's walked this road, and she has been rejected. Like, this woman has experienced disappointment, no doubt. 
And Jesus is, Jesus is saying, you know, he tells her about her life. And, and she kind of changes the subject there. And she's like, well, yeah. She's like, okay, well, you know, Samaritans say you should worship here. And the Jews say you should worship, you know, in Jerusalem. And, and what's, what's that all about? You must be a prophet because you've just told me my life story. And so I'm, you must be a prophet. So I'm just going to ask you, like, this is the big question, the Samaritan Jew question, like, where is the right place to worship? And Jesus, I, lo- I love, she knew her stuff. She wasn't just a dumb girl. She's like, no, like, I know my stuff, and I'm going to ask you about religious things. And Jesus says to her, he says, you know what? There's There's coming a day where it won't matter if you worship, you know, on the mountain or if you worship in Jerusalem. Because the Father is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so it's just kind of beautiful. If you imagine this girl coming to the well that kind of represents, you know, marriage and the fairy tale thing where you have the husband and you have the kids and it all starts at this well. And she's turned her back on all that. She's isolated herself from all that. And here she is, and Jesus tells her her story. And he's basically telling her, your creator sees you and knows you and wants to have that close relationship, closer than even a marriage. He wants you to worship him in spirit and in truth. You're not going to have to go to a certain place to worship God. But he knows you, and he wants to do life with you. And as she's there with him, she drinks that living water, right? And that spring of hope begins to just bubble up within her. And the disciples come back, and they see Jesus talking to her, and they're, they're kind of, I don't know, they're a little shocked, like thinking, nobody, so the Bible says no one said anything, but they all were thinking, why is he talking to her? And she is just overcome with the graciousness and the love of Jesus. And she forgets why she even came to the well in the first place. It says she left her jar and she takes off to go tell everybody. This, okay, this is the lady who was isolated. She didn't want anything to do with being at the well where the people are. And she runs to the people. And she's like, people, he told me my whole life story. And what's cool is this woman who really was probably thinking that her life was insignificant and kind of a failure, she's, like, she's gone down in history. And I love, too, that she's one that Jesus actually said to her, I am the Messiah. I am the one that's coming. Many others, he would make them, like he made, you know, Peter, when he t- would talk to Peter about it, he made Peter say it. But he tells her, I am the Messiah. She goes down. This is the longest recorded conversation with a woman that Jesus had, and it's recorded, and it's about her. I just think that's awesome. What a sweet and lovely legacy for someone who was broken and rejected. Man, she's one in a million. And she had that bubbling spring come up, and she had to go and tell others. Do you know that many people, it says many Samaritans came to Jesus and talked to him, and he taught them, and they asked him to stay on two more days to please keep teaching us. And many Samaritans came to the faith and came to faith in Christ because of this 
woman and the fresh, bubbling spring of hope that rose up within her. She didn't leave the well with a fairy tale husband and heir, but she left with that bubbling spring of hope. And she left with a close and intimate relationship with her Heavenly Father. And it changed everything. So here's some takeaways that I want you to have today, okay? Hope, that hope in Christ, it renews your joy. So even when stuff is not great, that bubbling spring of hope renews our joy. And hope in Christ, it brings stability, right? Everything can fall apart, but that bubbling spring of hope will not go away. And you stand on the firm foundation of Jesus. And that close, intimate relationship with your heavenly Father, the hope of Christ brings stability. Jesus said we would have trouble, right? He says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Hope in Christ. Okay, guys, this is a good one. Hope in Christ brings you out of hiding. When you have that bubbling spring of hope flowing out of you, we can't isolate. You gotta go let people share life and share that hope and bring them to Jesus. It's just, it just, you can't help it. It, you just kind of barf it everywhere. I'm sorry. It's just like, Jesus has changed everything. That's how I was anyway. I don't know. <sighs> okay? So I want to talk to two different groups of people here today, all right? First, I want to talk to maybe you're going through a broken season, and you can definitely identify with this woman who has had disappointment. And you're like, yeah, I get it. And you've isolated yourself. And you're totally walking through a broken season. So I have three children, Cameron, Trinity, and Calvin. And um, when Cameron was, gosh, not quite two or maybe two, um, we had experienced two miscarriages between Cameron and Trinity. And it's Mother's Day, and so this is kind of a touchy, hot-button subject, and so I don't want to, I hope that I'm not hurting anyone's feelings and this is too raw. But I had lost two babies and everywhere I would go, I would see people with more than one kid and it was like, Jesus, why can't I have more than one kid? And I was, I was pretty, pretty broken and pretty bruised. And little Cameron, you know, she's a toddler. And you know, any moms of toddlers in the house, let me wave at me, yes, okay. And they do that thing where they get all, like when they're tired, they get a little bit crazy and a little bit demonic, and they're like, ah! And, they're, and you're just like, if you would just go to sleep, you would feel better, and I would too, you know. And so Cameron was at that place where it was a nap time, and she's crying, and she's, ugh. And so I just took the little hot mess of Cameron and I took her into her room in her crib and I laid her down and I turned off the light and I closed the door and she's screaming. And the Holy Spirit was so merciful to me and just whispered to me these wonderful words and was like, 
okay. She feels like you have completely abandoned her. And she's hysterical. And you would never abandon her, would you? And I was like, oh, no, Lord. And he's like, you feel like I've abandoned you right now. But I'm right behind the door. I'm right here. I'm right here. You're not alone. I would never, ever abandon you. And so that bubbling spring of hope remained as I continued to walk through the hurt, walk through the disappointment, staying close to my Heavenly Father. I don't know why bad things happen, but I know that God is good, and I know that he will never abandon us, and I know that he is close to the broken hearted. And I can tell you from experience, not just because the Bible tells me so. He is close to the brokenhearted, and you can trust him with your brokenness. And he wants to replace the sorrow with a bubbling spring of hope. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful life that this, our creator has given us. So maybe you're not broken today. I want to talk to another group of people, maybe you would say, eh, I'm bored. Been doing this church thing a while. Been following Jesus for a good long time. I know this story. Could you please just wrap it up so we can go eat cupcakes and I can get lunch? That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you won't say it out loud because you're nice to me. <laughs> but I just want to talk to you who are bored. You're like, Jesus, eh. Worship, eh. Another thing, another meeting. And I just, I just want you to take this away today. Jesus, we were created to be bubbling springs of hope. So followers of Jesus should be fountains, not drains. And if you're bored and you're critical, that ain't no fountain. That's a drain. I'll tell you right here. It's easy to say right now. I won't say it to your face. I won't go pick y'all up. I'm just kidding. I know I'm, there's no drain. <laughs> this is preventative maintenance, right? And so here's the thing. If you are finding that you really can't describe yourself as a fountain, that you're more on the drain side of things, I just want to ask you this question. Are you drinking the living water? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Are you drinking the living water? Are you going to the source? Are you going to Jesus? Is he still, do you still have time for him? Are you carving out time for Jesus? And, you know, maybe you have a hard time struggle to read the Bible. Are you listening to worship music? Find some podcasts that will encourage you, that will keep your spirit where it needs to be, full, bubbling over, fountain of hope that comes from following Jesus. Sometimes it's easy to be like, eh, and we get caught up and we find other things 
to fill us up that only living water can do. Only Jesus. We can find, we can go looking in relationships. If I could just get that boyfriend or I could just get that girlfriend or if my husband would just do this. Or maybe, maybe you're turning to substances. Maybe you're drinking all the time. Maybe those pills bring you the satisfaction that you're looking for and you need from living water. Maybe you're looking online at things that leave you dry and that you would be embarrassed if your mama knew you were looking at. If you're looking at social media and people need to like my stuff and they need to be paying attention to me and you're trying to get filled up with your social media presence, Jesus is the only one who has the living water and he has it for you today. What are you drinking? Stand up together. I want to pray over us. God is so good to us. He's so merciful to us. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. And I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you speak to each of us individually. And Lord, I pray right now for those who are in a broken season. Lord, I pray that in this moment, that your spirit would just confirm in their heart that they are not abandoned, that they are seen by you, and that you make all things new. And Lord, would that bubbling spring of hope begin to rise up in their heart. And though the situation may not change, Lord, change them. Thank you for your mercy to do it. You're faithful to do it, God. And Lord, I pray for those of us who have become complacent and bored with the church and bored with your presence and bored with the whole thing. Lord, would you stir us up? Would you do a new thing, Lord? Would you remind us to drink the living water? Lord, I thank you that your kindness draws us to repentance. And so, Lord, right now, because you're kindly calling, we come to you and we're like, you know what, Lord? Forgive us for putting other things in your place. Forgive us for that. Because, Jesus, you're the source of life. You're the source of hope. And, Lord, we want to be all about spreading hope to those around us who need it because Lord we know they do so desperately I love you Lord and I put all this in your care I pray that this word would get so deeply rooted in our hearts in our families and in our homes Jesus thank you for joining us at Compass we hope you enjoyed this podcast If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.